Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. How you doing, Morris? Better now, Liam. How uh, it's are a you? Pleasure, it's a pleasure to be with you, uh, despite our technical difficulties. Up, up, and away on another Sunday night in a wonderful time to be alive in, in many, many different facets, but primarily the market. Well, it's... Uh... We're already, 40, gold. We're, we're already 40 minutes into this thing trying to get the, the, right. the recording going. Um, hopefully next week we're going to have a, a producer who's okay. going to uh, manage all that stuff for us. And then um, the talent, I think that's you and me, can focus on uh, giving the people out there um, a less confused couple of people talking about the market. So um, – you notice the days are getting a little longer. Uh, I couldn't be happier about that. Three weeks from now, and we should have daylight at 6.45, almost 7 o'clock. We're, we've almost turned the corner here. That's good. What do you got? Uh, about a month till spring. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Um, and spring, you know, what's the, uh, what is it? Hope springs eternal. Um, do you have any hope left for gold, or have you given up on that? Sorry. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. A2, Brute? (laughs) See if I can really pile on the aggravation for you here this evening. You know, um, uh, I've paid my monies and I've I've taken my chances. I think think our um, partner in crime, Kevin Muir, has pinned it when he said that uh, gold's not going anywhere until they get this Bitcoin thing out of the way. And uh, that doesn't feel like that's anytime soon. So uh, I've structured my long with gold. Um, so I'm good till January of next year. Okay. Uh, I've got um, options. And uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty stubborn. You don't get to be old chestnut by. Uh, <laughs> right, right. You've got the, di- you've got diamond in the hands. You've got diamond <laughs> hands on the gold. Okay. All right. No, I- di- di- explain that to me again. Diamond is um, when you're hold, when you hold on d- despite hope fading, okay? Or or for the GameStop crowd, it originated with the GameStop nonsense, but when they went from whatever, 100 to 430 and then back down to 69, you know, those are the guys with diamond hands, including the the Kevin Gill guy who went before testi- testified before Congress and repeated his statement that he likes the stock at whatever ridiculous price is it now and he thinks it's a good investment. Is that the um Yes. Okay. Yes. That's Roaring Kitty. Right. Okay. I, I, I get that name confused with that girl band from Russia. Right. Right. Yeah. I understand. I, I, I understand. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's... Senior moment. Um is crazy times. Uh yeah. you've got uh at least ten million people unemployed. Yep. Um I, I think you know, it's between 10 and 20 million people. Um, you've got money supply growth exploding. You have stock prices setting uh, all-time highs. Not only the price is setting all-time highs, the the metrics are showing all-time highs, meaning price earnings ratio and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Even though you've seen treasury yields back up and in some case double uh, from where they were a number of months ago. So- um, why is that happening? Why are the treasury yields going up? Well, as you've seen, 
both at the end of last year with the Trump administration and now uh, Biden, uh, there's just a ton of stimulus in uh, the system and there's a ton more coming and the market is expecting the government to have to issue a great deal of debt to you know borrow the money to mm-hmm. to fund all those stimulus programs and so you know money has a cost and that cost is interest and so um the government needs to borrow more money so the price of the money goes up meaning the interest rate goes up mm-hmm. um as a uh, a career government bond trader the world according to us everything revolves around the treasury interest rates um we think everyone's world should uh, revolve around that, but I, I, it's, it's not quite uh, such a one-to-one relationship. But the, um, some of the people who seem to think these equity valuations are appropriate point to the low level of rates. Um, of course, it's a, uh, interest rates are part of the um, function to, to value future cash flows. So as rates go down, the value of future cash flow becomes worth more today. So that's what one of the reasons the stock prices are being pushed up. Uh, another reason is people forecast a robust economy with all the stimulus. So not only do um, uh, interest rates remain low, uh, earnings go up and that pushes up these price earnings ratios. And so we get the stocks that um, uh, stock moves that we have. The, the other thing which um, is a little less obvious to the uh, unsophisticated is um, there's been an epic increase in the amount of speculation and options, and options on stocks, which have been around for hundreds of years, um, they are a, a form of leverage that people can get by buying the right but not the obligation uh, to buy or in the case of a call or sell in the case of a put uh, a stock at a future date. So for instance, um, let's say IBM is trading at a hundred and you want to speculate that in three months time, it'll be 120, but you don't want to put up the whole hundred. You could go buy a call on IBM for a couple of dollars, and uh, you would have the right for a couple of months for a small premium to to buy those shares uh, at a hundred. And um, if you're wrong, the most you lose is your premium. So it's a it's a leveraged speculation on the price of a stock. Um, a lot of people who are have entered the market through sort of the Robin Hood stuff. These seem to be the where the massive increase in volume has come from, based on the stuff I, I read in the uh, public news. Um, and they treat that like, in some respects, uh, like in the GameStop approach. They, whether they were conscious of this or not, I know. I know the guy Kevin Kevin Gill was mm-hmm. that the name mm-hmm. you mentioned. Mm-hmm. This is a sophisticated fellow, and he realized that if you buy a bunch of options, it gives you leverage and you can create a squeeze more easily by owning those call options. A lot of people aren't that terribly sophisticated, um, but they 
help propagate, you know, moves in the market. And they, they treat these things a little bit like lottery tickets. And I, I keep saying this over and over again, you know, if you, you go to the bodega and buy a lottery ticket, you don't change the numbers that come out of the the box, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you go buy a bunch of calls on IBM, if you buy enough of them, you're going to make the price move. Now, it's transitory. That that move will become unwound over time as your options decay and become worthless. But in the short run, if a lot of people run out and buy a lot of call options, like they did with GameStop, and then uh, a little bit after that, Silver, they can affect a short-term uh, change. Um, so that's one of the things that I think has been driving the market higher. You've got the, uh, what's that fellow name? Uh, Dave Portnoy? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Barstool so he's, Sports. Yep. He's, he's out there hawking stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just it just feels to me like it's a pretty unusual time. I, I was emailing with a uh, lady who's a great economic blogger, and I said to her, you know, every conversation I have with people about the market involves the word confluence, you know, and uh, so what do we have? We have a lot of people stuck at home, mm-hmm. a lot of people thinking they can trade for free, uh, a lot of easy money, meaning low interest rate money is available. Um, people trapped at home, you know, some people Absolutely. are shopping therapy, Um and trading the market's fun. Didn't we talk about that the other day? How it's uh, you get a little bit of a dopamine rush pushing stuff around. So, uh, yeah, why drive to Atlantic City when you can just log on to Robinhood and start spinning the wheel at home? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hate to admit it, but um, it, it, you know, I, I guess it kind of ties into this thing. I, I set up a Twitter account in uh, 2011. And uh, I started fiddling with it the past week or so. And um, I can proudly say that as of this morning, I've deleted my account. And, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, the experiment has run its course. Um, I got to tell you, there's some some pretty scary stuff that goes on in that thing. That's where I get all my information. I mean, holy smokes. Yeah. I, I saw this thing. Um, you know, of course, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, 65% of the Bitcoin mining is done in China and China. Iran. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of the stuff done in China is in this area where the four slave labor camps are. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, it's like I, Abe yeah. Lincoln said, everything yeah. on the internet's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. I don't know, dude. <laughs> they've got an answer. They but then they they've got an answer for yes, that. Okay, yes, that yes, that that gets yes. bumped down. That's one comment, and then there's ninety nine that you know who cares? It's actually better for the environment. There's an answer. They've got a rebuttal for everything. All right, so you brought your Bitcoin. Can I ask you what your dollar is at now? Um, My, I just want to make this clear. That was gifted to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy it. I haven't traded it. Um, as of an hour ago, that dollar is nine dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> um, as my friend 
who you know that gave it to me, likes to point out that since he gave it to me, your return is infinite. <laughs> right. Uh, I've had some good returns on in my day, but infinite's hard to hard to beat. So be honest, that doesn't bother you at the in the least bit. What? The the fact that it's only a dollar and you didn't tack on six zeros to it? No, the the money part doesn't bother me. I, I tell you, it, it it's driving me up a tree because um it, it's not a question of the the fear of missing out, like of the money mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. don't you know, right, I mean, right. I've made and lost a mm-hmm. lot of money in my life, and I'm I'm pretty happy with how things worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, what blows my mind is that you have a situation which it seems really obvious to me that uh, there's nine different ways this thing can be a problem, and. It's just a runaway freight train to the upside, and the adults in the room have have left the room. I I went uh, earlier today, um, and I looked up quotes by Janet Yellen. You know who the she's yeah. the new of secretary course. of the treasury. Um, in fact, if I can get these things without knocking the microphone off or mm-hmm. hitting the keyboard mm-hmm. and ending this. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see if I can find these. There were a couple of quotes which were, which were just great. You can see I'm prepared. Yeah, she's she's what she's worried about. What terrorists using it? She called it highly highly speculative. Mm -hmm. We need regulation of the institutions that Mm. manage it. Uh, We want to make sure it's not used for illicit financing. Mm -hmm. We need investor protection. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the way, she talked about uh, it's a vehicle to fund terrorism. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> yeah, the beat goes on, man. Yeah, yeah. Read me. Tell, you saw the ETF in Canada. I'm sure Kevin is, Kevin Muir is aware of the ETF in Canada that it launched uh, Friday, Thursday, or uh, Friday. I think I think it started Thursday. I think okay. they had uh, 150 million dollars worth of trading, and then I think there was 300 million dollars worth of trading um, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to ask whether that was U.S. dollars or Canadian dollars, and I always got a funny look. So I. I don't know which it was, but right. you know, I guess that's pretty good for the uh, first couple of days. Um, you know, I, I I didn't expect it to go this way, and um, I'm still a skeptic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I would say over the years, I've seen a lot of things uh, happen. So, for for instance. Uh, and we're going back a long time, but let's say it's like 1982, uh, 1983, um, the concept that people would take U.S. Treasury bonds that were physical bonds at that time, and they would cut the coupon payments off of them and trade the they're stapled to people's portfolios. But the day I heard about people physically taking the bonds and cutting them up and trading them, I just like, that can't be right. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. how's that going to go? 
And, mm-hmm. and so I was, I was wrong about that. Um, you had uh, interest rate swaps start up where, you know, the people would use these zero dollar futures and create uh, good hedges for people against this LIBOR rate. That product stuck. Um, you had uh, these constant proportion debt obligations, which were part of the housing crisis mm-hmm. that were rated AAA. Well, they they blew up and took people out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get products that work and you get products that don't work. Um, this to me seems strange because I don't see why we really need it. You you can say we need to store a value. Okay, well, you know, there's there's plenty of things that uh, you can use to store your money. Granted, they're not as liquid as a couple of mouse clicks. Um, and you could use these stores of value for illegal uses, but they're they're more cumbersome than the than the Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting to be a broken record talking about this thing. I mean, I whether it's I mean, at fifty eight thousand or yeah. you know. So there's a, a way I like to 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 look at things from time to time. You, you're pretty good with Latin, right? Oh yeah, it's your second language. Yeah, L C C L L A S L Latin as a second language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, a lot of times I try and figure out what something's worth just by using a common sense example. Okay, and there's this Latin phrase, "reductum ad absurdum," and uh, another way of putting it is it's an iterative process. So, for instance. Would I buy Bitcoin at a dollar? Sure. Would I sell it at a million dollars? Sure. Mm-hmm. Would I buy Bitcoin at a hundred dollars? Sure. Would I sell it at five hundred thousand? Right. So you you iterate back and forth until you figure out where would you buy it and where would you sell it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think uh, what's kind of interesting here is let's say you are smart enough to buy. A million dollars of Bitcoin when I, when I, my friend uh, gave me that one dollar. Mm-hmm. So that one million dollars is now worth ten million, mm-hmm. right? It's up ten times. Well, do I take my ten million and my ten bagger, or do I say no? I think it's going to double. So all of a sudden, the the risk reward becomes. A little bit different, right? Because you put up one, you got ten, mm-hmm. so you made ten times. If it goes from ten to twenty, you've only doubled your money. Mm-hmm. Now, only doubled your money. I mean, that sounds kind of silly, right? But mm-hmm. now you got skin in the game, and everybody is full of piss and vinegar when there's no bad longs. So, meaning anyone that's bought it and owns it as of the beginning of this broadcast is up money. Mm-hmm. Right. So is that yeah, rocket ship or diamonds or hand clap? What's rocket the emoji for to the moon? Okay. Rocket ship okay. to the moon. Yeah. Okay. Well, at what point, so let's say Elon Musk bought a uh, billion dollars worth of these things. Yeah. For the Tesla a billion and a half dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. 
So now, I, based on what I read earlier today, he's up a billion dollars in profit. Mm-hmm. So what's he do? Does he say, uh, well, that's fucking awesome. I'm going to take it. Or does he say, oh, no, it's it's going to 400000 I That's the part that gets a little bit problematic for me because earlier we were talking about people using options and that pushing the price of the underlying around. So the situation, which I'm clearly not an expert on as it relates to this Bitcoin, is the amount of coins that are out there floating around to trade is a fraction of of um, of what the entire universe has. So if only 5 or 10% of these coins are trading, people come in and a buyer is going to have a disproportionate effect on the market than a seller. So if there's not a free two-way flow in these things, um, you're going to get much more volatile swings. Mm-hmm. So let's say the twins decide we're geniuses, we've made you know $10 billion, it's enough, and they come in and start selling. Um, if they overwhelm the the bids between 52,000 and 58,000, you know, you run the risk of hitting a pocket and you, you could get a pretty serious decline because all of a sudden these guys who are feeling pretty full of themselves now have a loss. And uh, the flip side is if, uh, you know, BMW decides mm-hmm. that the Elon Musk is right and they want to start taking their cash, uh, they could take it from 58 to 68 without, you know, taking more than maybe a billion dollars worth of the thing, right? So it's I, it just best to, from my point of view, I, I, I've looked for specific things. And in my case, as I've told you before, I'm trying to modify how I trade and I'm looking to hit one out of the park and, mm-hmm. you know, the people who want to make fun of me can say, well, this was your opportunity. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got me. It didn't cross um, my mind. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit disappointing, but um, it's not the first time I've been wrong and probably not going to be the last. All right. Well, what is it? Well, let's talk about the the overall market besides the treasury treasury rates, besides Bitcoin, and besides the all time highs that we hit every single week. It seems like the environment, the market environment, just seems to be full steam ahead, and week after week, it just keeps going higher and higher. With with really no end in sight. There's there, there's like you said. There's still stimulus checks to come. There's still gonna you know they talk about all the pent up demand and once we do reopen, that it's it just is going to continue. Do do you share that view or are you still of the mindset that this is going to end badly soon? Well, it is a wall of money. Mm-hmm. And there's been a wall of money since uh, the government March of last year did the right thing and opened up its wallets and started sending people money. It was a crisis, and um, like them or not, the government at the time did the right thing and 
provided the system with liquidity. Uh, that liquidity is still around. You, as we said earlier, there's you know ten to twenty million people out of work, and you know we're a, a benevolent nation, and we got to make sure that people have a f- food to eat and roof over their head. How that translates into the price of the stock market is a much more difficult question, I think. Um, in the short run, you have the people that are doing better because they can't spend and they're getting stimulus checks. Mm-hmm. But then there are the people that are doing poorly, that, you know, their mental health is difficult, stressed, uh, sitting at home, barely making ends meet if, if they're doing that. I mean, you've seen this last thing in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some crazy stories coming out of there where I, it was like two days ago, I read that the, the cost of electricity had gone up so much in Texas that to charge your Tesla was going to be $900. And I said that to Cheryl, and, and she kind of looked at me like she does. When... <laughs> and then today she showed me there was an article in the New York Times that some guy had his lights on, left his lights on his house. Oh, yeah. His power bill was $16,000. $1,000. And they I mean, did, I, he had a debit card, and they, are, they just deducted it automatically to the point where he had to shut the card off because they were draining his account. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I – Bananas. That's not right. The right. Uh, I I hope I hope they uh, I hope they kind of give these guys a do over. That's just that's just crazy. Um, so this this that the the Main Street versus Wall Street disconnect I feel like has never been greater in the sense that if you're a dishwasher that got laid off last March because the restaurant was closed. He has no impact on what happens down at Wall Street on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, so those 20 million people that got laid off, I don't think the guys riding Metro North downtown, they don't, that has no factor. That has no impact on them. Whereas right. they're going to work, they never stop going to work. They see the wall of money, like you said, and they're going about their business, ripping the market higher and higher. So, you know, people um, who have money uh, end up doing uh, kind of a portfolio balance. So they'll put money in a retirement account, or if they have wealth managers, they'll have a balance between bonds and stocks. That's typically how it is. And, and depending on your age and your philosophy, they may tell you you should be 60% in bonds and 40%. Excuse me, the other way around. 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds. Well, bonds yield next to nothing. And um, so consequently, people are getting pushed into stocks because they call it, there is no alternative, mm-hmm. Tina. Okay. So uh, you have the people who are moving money from the uh, fixed income or bond markets into stocks. That pushes the price of stocks up. Then you have even the people that have jobs and are doing well, okay? Um, So let's say uh, their income is unchanged, Mm -hmm. but they're not spending anything. Yep. 
So I, I have uh, a friend that's sitting at home, uh, working from home. His compensation's unchanged. Um, his two kids are home uh, doing school, and uh, they haven't gone anywhere in a year. Yep, absolutely. And, and so there's two, three, four vacations that they would have taken in there, and and you know they they're not going out to restaurants. Bingo. Uh, they're ordering in a little bit, but yep. uh, so more money is flowing into savings, which is flowing into mm-hmm. the, the the markets because you know people don't want to see that they're getting zero on their on their um, mm-hmm. their money. They feel like if they buy Apple stock, it's got a one or two percent dividend yield, right? Or Microsoft, and and those are good companies. Mm-hmm. Right, they're, they're, they'll be around. They they generate a lot of cash. They're very safe. Um, and then the more speculative stuff, uh, you know, people are sitting around looking for something to do. The the day trading volumes have gone up, and so well, um, that's why I keep coming back to this confluence term. Right, mm-hmm. I I don't see the Fed raising interest rates anytime in the next year. Right, eighteen months. Yeah, under pretty much any circumstances. Until they get two percent inflation, right? Well, until they average two percent. Right, the rolling average. Right? Okay, right. So we've been below two percent for so long. You either have to be a, a little bit above two percent for a long time, or a lot above two percent for a short time, right? You know how averages yeah. work. So sure. Um, I, they're not they're not going anywhere and then you have a combination of people so Janet Yellen is uh a nice old lady and has always done work with wealth redistribution and making sure that people earn a living wage and so there's all of these things going on that are very benevolent in terms of providing people with a quality of life um which is going to involve more government, more regulation, more taxes, more spending. Um, so in that regard, people see that and think that's going to be very good for stock prices, right? More sure. spending, businesses do better. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. The counter argument is taxes are going to go up. Um, that may or may not be a big deal. Um, if people who earn you know, lower relative wages end up getting a higher standard of living, businesses are going to make less because their margins are going to be compressed, right? And then uh, if you stimulate the economy and issue a lot of bonds, if the rate of interest goes up, okay, that has been known to be uh, bad for the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um if the Fed goes in and decides they'll support the bond market, that would be bad for the dollar, which would make the dollar go down. Um, once again, that would be a good thing because uh, weaker dollar is good for U.S. business. Okay. Makes U.S. Uh, products more attractive abroad. Yep. Makes foreign products more expensive here, so it would push you to buy domestic rather than buy foreign mm-hmm. So once again, we we keep coming back to this confluence thing, and uh, you know, for me, I, I have the luxury of 
uh, you know, having enough money that I don't need to worry about generating current income. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the one of the best guys out there, Warren Buffett, when he thinks about cash, is he thinks of cash as an option, meaning you got a lot of money. If something good comes along, you can jump in and do something with it. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, so I, I, I'm really, uh, really scratching my head here, Liam, because, uh, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard for me to get really aggressive about anything. I, I like the metals, which as I've said for over a year now is just the strangest thing in the world for me because it's not something I have ever trafficked in, but um, I think that uh, I'm going to give it a few more months, and and because uh, the we're going to get a bump from the stimulus package, which is going to be you know let's say a trillion eight, and then the Texas thing is going to reinforce the notion that uh, we should be getting a pretty big infrastructure package. Right now, that is going to help um, steel and copper more than it's going to help gold and silver, but, you know, uh, hope springs eternal, even at 60. And uh, there's some other things that are going on in the options with the gold and the silver that uh, it's a bit technical, but I, mm-hmm. I think just to put it, they, for me, they, I feel like they give me a little bit of an advantage uh, over the average guy trading them. So I I think I've been able to maximize what I've made and minimize uh, the mistakes I've made. And um, once again, I try and know what I'm good at and know what I'm not mm-hmm. good at. So you're staying out of equities. You have no interest in equities at all right now. You're not sitting- at all. Yeah. There, okay. There's a uh, once again. I I know the people uh, that we're hoping listen to us talk. We're hoping for the kind of the average guy, not mm-hmm. the the Wall Street wizard. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a uh, a theory that I've been following for a while, and so if you look at an index, and let's let's take a look at the S and P 500 because that's a fairly uh, common one people talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go, and I'm sure you can go into Google and do this, and you look at the S and P 500 over time. And you compare where it is to its 200 moving day average, you can see that the you have a the 200 moving day average on the chart is going to show an upward trend, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a smoother trend than the S and P 500 itself, right? Because one's a moving average. What I found is uh, when the S&P gets too far away to the upside from that trend. It's best to hang out and wait mm-hmm. to buy. Uh, and then uh, if it's too far below that trend, which doesn't happen quite as often, that's a pretty good opportunity to buy. And so um, the reason I like that is uh, I know 
that there's a feeling that if you can buy something and hold it for 20 years, there's never been an instance when you don't make money. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I'm not excited about that is I, I just, as a guy that spent his life trading, I don't like this idea of a pin risk, meaning, sure. you know, I'm 60. If I buy a bunch of stocks uh, and they go down 50% and I need the money when I'm 70, I may not have another 10 years to wait, right? Got it. Yep. So using that moving average, I think, is a, is a decent way of looking at things. So um, during the panic we had last year, we got below that, the 200 moving day average. And I was trying to look at things like price earnings ratios and such. Um, and I had my big basket out to buy uh, and uh, never got to my level. And then Powell came in and that you talk about the FOMO that that bums me out a little bit because I had part A right where I managed to get out of everything and uh, got good levels, and uh, I was a little little piggish on the uh, on the buyback in. But mm-hmm. up here, uh, you know, I'm content to yeah to yeah. take a break and you know it gives me time to bone up on my interpersonal skills and my reading and my writing and. Uh, um, diamonds and and tendies. I got mm-hmm. tendies, ten, yeah, I want exactly. to get some yep. tendies. And uh, um, my daughter got a, a puppy, which we're all excited about. And uh, go back to Arizona next uh, Friday. So we'll be broadcasting on next Sunday from uh, lovely Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's great. So you you have the luxury of sitting on the sideline, and you and you can do that. Um, I, I on the other hand, I have a long runway. I'm I'm 39, so I've got 25, 30 years. 20, let's call it, call it 20 years. I've got the 20 year runway. Um, and like like you, I got out before everything went badly in far, in February or March, and I waited on the sidelines and I waited and waited and waited until you, I couldn't wait. You anymore. you can blame me for that. That was my fault. Right. Right. Well, we had our dinner canceled on that Tuesday night in, in March, and I was instructed to come home for the next six months. I, you, you know, Eugene's in Stanford. Right, exactly. No, and um, Porchester. Yeah. Which is closed because of the pandemic. We for lost. good? Yep. They're done. Yep. Another <sighs> one bites the dust. Yep. That was so good, that place. Yep. Yep. Never again. Um, yeah. I, I, I pulled everything out and went back in. I don't know. Let's call it October. And I have killed it since then. Okay. Oh boy. Ah, delighted. Absolute everything green on the screen. There's I, I don't have a loser in my basket. Um good for you. Obviously awesome. that, that's my, you know, superior, you know, technical analysis and picks. Um good looks. Yeah, Char, good, yeah, wit. exactly. Exactly. Um but I, I just uh I look at it differently and I just don't see like if we went through, you know, they call it a black swan event, the pandemic. Okay. Everything got crushed and went back down. What, what's the next thing? You know, they keep talking about a bubble. What bursts the quote unquote bubble? You tell me what, what's going to pop the bubble interest rates going up. Is that, will that do it? Um, well, depends how high they go. Um, But that's, but that's when, 
two that's 20 20 so so you're talking about two different interest rates okay there's the rate that the fed sets which is the Mm -hmm. overnight rate okay Mm -hmm. then there's the rate that the stock market uses which is probably the 10-year rate yeah 10-year rate okay it's very hard for the fed to control where the 10-year rate goes they they can okay uh they're the government they can they can do whatever they want but um uh what people are thinking is that all the stimulus is going to push the the long rates up and that will get inflation. Mm -hmm. And between those two things, stock investors will become concerned Mm -hmm. and they'll start to sell. That's, that's sort of the conventional. Okay. um, And that happened a little bit this past week when that rate got to 1.3 and you had three or four down days and they blamed it on that. Um, you know, to tell you the truth, you want to I've, been, to I've been focusing more on what matters to me. Uh, right. um, so I, the stock market was down a little bit last week. A little right? bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they broke up the, the 28-day winning streak, you know, there, and, you know, when I say down, it was a half a percent or whatever. It was it was nothing substantial. It was just the the Dow and the S and P weren't up um, for a, whatever consecutive another day, um, and and nothing had happened. And, and it seemed to be, I mean, this is my soaking up Bloomberg, but they said you know the the rate went to one point three and could sniff one point five, and that's people are taking money out. Um, but I, I I don't know. I, you tell me. I, I don't see the bubble popping. You know, I keep hearing, oh, it's a bubble, it's a bubble, it's a bubble. Um, well, yeah, what do I know? I, I would suggest that, uh, you know, try and figure out what it is you're trying to achieve. Are you trying to put money away for a long period of time? Or are you, mm-hmm. are you trying to trade the market? Uh, I'm putting money away for a long time. I'm not trading the market. Yeah. Well, maybe you don't, maybe you don't sit all day staring at the thing. I mean... Take the fun out of the show. I mean, we're here to. <laughs> we can still talk about stuff. We could talk uh, about that day when old Chestnut was, you know, up the road with 10K to go and had you on the rivet. It's a long time ago, man. <laughs> You're telling me. Decades, okay? You're telling uh, me. All right, well. You want you want to check in on? Uh, you're probably at twelve dollars now at this point. We're we're forty five. I, I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to look. I I'm, uh, I you know. Yeah. No, I understand. So you still have hope. So just to 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 review, you still have hope for your silver and gold. Um, because I buried gold a long time ago. Okay. Good. Um, you know where you buried it? <laughs> yeah, out in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> with all those dead bodies yeah you and you and gregoire can go looking for it you ferdinand and magellan if i'm you know what are the two other explorers lewis and clark the two of you <laughs> you can go find my gold um but no i do have hope for your silver i do think this is you know my armchair quarter uh you know armchair quarterback if you get the the infrastructure deal and the green energy and aoc gets her way which is years from now it's not nothing happens realistically for two, three, four years, silver goes up, right? With the solar, you know? I, I guess so. I, You know, this um, this woman economist that I, I think uh, highly of, 
Uh, I was Kathy Wood? I'm not familiar with uh, that lady. Um, I don't think she's a she's an economist. Um, the uh, the point with the silver is that um, um, there's plenty of silver around. Mm-hmm. That the uh, I was trying to get her to tell me that if we all go electric on cars, mm-hmm. that was going to make a difference. And she said, "Well, basically, the, the amount of money spent on silver jewelry is going to overwhelm." Any uh, anything that the electric vehicle stuff is going to do uh, on the margin, it, it helps, right? And okay. in commodities, it's the margin that you have to worry about, um, and it does, you know, play a part in solar panels and uh, you know electronic devices and stuff. But I I think that uh, um, I don't know. I, I I'm starting to to feel like the air is getting pretty thin on these metals and uh um uh you know um i'm not ready to pull the plug on them but okay uh, i'm i'm um i'm a little bit disappointed i've basically gotten everything i wanted okay in terms of economic news and Mm -hmm. uh it's been uh you know it's been less than exciting yeah. All right. So no uh no pity party. I'll uh You'll be all right. Yeah. yeah I'll be all right. Yeah. Okay, I'll good. be all right. And uh yeah, so um, what are you what are you looking for this week? What do you want to see happen in the market this week? Just another quiet week, you're not even paying attention? Well, I obviously like to see Bitcoin down around eight thousand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that happens, we'll have an emergency podcast. All right, we will. Okay, we'll have to fire up the. Uh, we'll you know, to fire do, you, you want to know why I got rid of the Twitter thing? Yes, absolutely. So you've got these people who are supposed to be adults, right? Okay. Now, right. Oh, look, please. You, you know me a long time, right? Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I have a pretty good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. They're they're putting their pictures up with like laser beam eyes oh, yeah. with the Bitcoin oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, come on. Oh, like, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. look myself in the mirror. This is fucking ridiculous. Excuse people my language. Have, people have lost their minds over it. It is a mania. Okay. This is awesome. All right. This is awesome. Next week, all right. Next week we have to talk about, all right. The, uh, the quote that you sent me, um, can you give it to me? I think Mitt Romney butchered it and uh, and attributed it. There's to nothing more uh, risky than seeing someone you know get rich. Yep, exactly. I thought we were going to talk about that this week. No, 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 no. Bitcoin hijacked the show once again. Bitcoin and treasury bond rates. So. Oh well. So right, well, uh, we will hopefully next week we'll uh, we'll get this thing up and running a little bit more seamlessly. Yep. Um. um all right, my All right. friend. Enjoy your week. Uh, you're back in the desert on Sunday. Yes, yes. Okay, but um, it's uh, I like to keep that on the down low. You know, I don't want people bugging me at the airport and stuff. Right, you right. know. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. All right. Enjoy Take care, week. pal. Thank I'll you. see you around. <laughs> All right, buddy. Bye.